For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Christopher Price, welcome back to another edition of the Patriots Report right here on the Believe Network. I want to talk to you today about two different things. We are a handful of days out recording this on Monday night, Monday afternoon, August 7th, and there are one, two, three days between now and the first preseason game. And there's just a couple of things as we're now two weeks into camp, two full weeks into camp, double-digit practices, a few things that have really continued to, to stand out for me over the course of the first two weeks of camp. First off, I think before we go any further, one of the really intriguing prospects that that I've seen so far, we all know about the top end of the roster and the guys who are going to make it. The guy who continues to intrigue me more than just about anyone else out there is Malik Cunningham, a quarterback out of Louisville. Cunningham was a quarterback out of Louisville, and they've been using him at wide receiver predominantly. He's trying to get some wide receiver reps, although I think that, room is a little bit cluttered, at least right now. He's going to have a hard time breaking through, especially with the emergence of DeMario Douglas. But he's taken more and more reps at quarterback. And I don't think he's going to necessarily unseat Bailey Zappi as the number two, but he's a really interesting prospect to have on the roster for a couple of reasons. First of all, his skill set is completely unique to anyone else in that room, anyone else in that quarterback room. And I could see them keeping him around for a couple of different reasons. First of all, as a practice squad quarterback, a scout team guy who gives them a little bit of a different look when it comes to preparing for different teams week after week. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he played the role of Jalen Hurts in week one in training, or in, uh, not in training camp, but uh, for the regular season as the scout team quarterback in an attempt to try to get the rest of the roster, the starting defense, ready for what Jalen Hurts might offer them. So I think they're going to really take a long, hard look at him. And they're going to find a way to keep him around somehow. Maybe not on the active roster, practice squad, whatever the case may be. And I also think that that he is, it's going to be a challenge for him to try and break through in that wide receiver's room, as I said before. But if he offers them a versatile skill set, if he can play a little wide receiver, play a little quarterback, he talked the other day about playing special teams for the first time since Little League. That was his own quote. He really is an interesting guy. And Belichick loves guys like that. I remember the conversations that both Matthew Slater and Julian Edelman recounted when they were drafted by the Patriots. Bill Belichick said, look, fundamentally said this, and I'm paraphrasing here, but fundamentally said, look, we don't know what we're going to do with you, but we know you're a football player. And Malik Cunningham reminds me of those guys. Now, that's an a really long, really a real long shot of a comparison to make. I understand that. Look, he's not going to be Julian Edelman, even Julian Edelman circa 2009. You know, you wish upon a star, he ends up being half the wide receiver that Julian Edelman was over the course of his career. But he's a guy who is really, really interesting. 
He can do a lot of different things. And I think Belichick is intrigued with his skill set. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him get reps at quarterback this preseason. He's not going to start games. He's not going to play against opposing teams, number one defenses. But you want to get a look at him and everything that he could offer. Because you want to know what he can do going into the 2023 season. Because he's, again, one of, if not the most intriguing prospect that I've seen on the roster to this point over train, over the course of training camp. Did we see you take a few quarterback reps down there yesterday, like on pitch plays and stuff? Mm-hmm. And how was that? Uh, it was uh, fine just being back under the center. Um, just Like I said, just learning each and every day. It's been a sponge at uh, every position that, that they want me at. And um, it's kind of good, feel good to be back on the center and get some of those tosses in. I think the first time we've heard from you in the spring, you talked about studying Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. Did you have a chance today to talk to him? Have you had any personal interaction with him? Um, yeah, um, I talked to him maybe like once or twice. He came in the training room, just told me to just keep my head down, keep my head down, just keep working, um, just keep learning from the older guys. And just like I said, just being a sponge and everything, you can learn so much of Throughout, throughout the building, just learning from the, as, a, as a receiver and a quarterback, just learning from the defensive guys and what they're thinking and different coverages and just picking their brains. So it's been pretty fun. Do you feel a lot more confident reading defenders in terms of your option routes, particularly route running? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, just watching a lot of film. you got to watch film. Uh, watch a lot of uh, the older guys and some of Julian's film as well. The other thing I want to get to tonight, I wrote at the start of the summer for the Boston Globe. And it's still up at bostonglobe.com. It went up on July 13th, basically three weeks ago, in the lead-up to training camp. There are five positional battles we're going to be paying the closest attention to this summer. And I want to revisit that and see who is winning those positional battles, see who has the edge here two weeks into training camp at the start of preseason, with the understanding that, look, a solid preseason performance can flip the script, can make or break you as a prospect, and can move you up the depth chart or conversely, a poor preseason performance can move you down the depth chart. So with that in mind, let's take a look at these five positional battles that I previewed at the start of training camp. Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi. Now, this has been no contest. It's been all Mac. Mac is the clear favorite. Two weeks into training camp, at the start of the preseason here, Mac Jones has won that positional battle. I'm not ready to declare it over yet because you never know. But my philosophy at this point is Mac Jones can only lose the position. Bailey Zappi right now, even if he is absolutely peerless over these next three weeks, even if he lights it up in the preseason, Bailey Zappi is not going to be the starting quarterback on that alone. Mac Jones has to lose the job. Mac Jones either has to get hurt or... He has to have an absolutely god-awful preseason. We don't know about the hurt, but I I think from what we've seen so far, Mac is not going to have a god-awful preseason, provided the offensive line gets healthy. And that's a whole other matter altogether. The offensive line has really struggled to find some consistency and continuity this year. Practice on Sunday was an absolute mess when it came to personnel up front because they were missing the entire starting offensive line at one point, and they were trying to run against New England's number one defense and Matthew Judon was back and Judon absolutely dominated off the edge. So that's going to be a challenge. But again, that's another conversation, another podcast. Right now, 
the one we're talking about, the positional battle between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi at the start of camp. Right now, it's Mac Jones easily, far and away, the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to that position. And I would still put it, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Trace McSorley, and then Malik Cunningham, fourth overall. The second positional battle we wanted to take a look at going into camp was right tackle. Calvin Anderson versus Riley Reef versus Connor McDermott. Now, Calvin Anderson has not been on the field because he's been in the NFI list at all for the first two weeks, which is not a great sign. I'm not questioning if he's hurt or not, but the phrase that I always go back to, Belichick has used it, Tom Brady used it at this time of year. Look, the train's leaving the station. You got to get on board. And if you're not on board, the start of your season is going to be delayed in some form or fashion. So I think as it stands right now, it's probably Riley Reef, and maybe Connor McDermott can overtake him if he has a solid preseason and continues to trend in the right direction. But look, the way the tackle position is shaping up right now, we haven't seen Trent Brown go wire to wire in practice in full pads yet. Now, look, I know that that's a tough bar to hit because there haven't been that many padded practices. And, you know, I, I do think load management is a thing now in the NFL, particularly in this Patriots training camp. When he, you're talking about Trent Brown, you're talking about Ramondre Stevenson, a couple other players as well. So one of these guys could still be in the mix to play left tackle. Riley Reeve, Connor McDermott, whatever the case may be. I, I like what McDermott brings. Unheralded, not nearly, didn't bring the, <laughs> you know, really for me. Yeah, Reef is, you know, he is what he is. He's a 34-year-old. He's made 134 career starts at left and right tackle. Signed up, this is the big thing. He signed a one-year $5 million deal this offseason. So you get $5 million in guaranteed money, you're going to get probably a longer leash than some other guys who might be in that conversation. So that's still a question mark. But Calvin Anderson hadn't been out there. So right now it's Reef versus McDermott for right tackle. And maybe one of those guys ends up moving over to left tackle before it's all said and done. But we need to see more of Trent Brown. So that's where we are with the positional battle of a tackle that we previewed at the start of the season. Third one, Nick Folk versus Chad Ryland. And I don't think this is close right now. I think Chad Ryland is far and away the leader. He's looked very impressive, had a big leg. Been a few misses during training camp action, field goal work, but right now Ryland appears to be the leader in the clubhouse. Would they keep two kickers? Would they keep Ryland and Nick Folk? I go back to a couple of years ago when Quinn Nordine had a very good summer and it looked for all the world like that was going to be the end of the road for Nick Folk, but he survived, he continued, and he is still right now, as of right now, as of Monday, August 7th, he is the incumbent kicker. But it's going to be interesting to watch the rest of this play out over the course of the summer. If Folk can get his groove back, I think he still has a chance. But I, I think ultimately, Bill Belichick isn't above keeping two kickers. And look, you know, you use Folk on extra points and maybe field goals or Ryland on kickoffs. But the fact the Patriots traded up to draft Ryland should give you a sense of the expectations they have for the rookie. All right, the next one, next positional battle we previewed at the start of training camp for the Boston Globe and bostonglobe.com was third down back. Ty Montgomery versus Pierre Strong. And this is really up in the air at this point. 
Ty Montgomery has not been able to stay healthy. The veteran who I really like, he's a kind of a wide receiver running back hybrid, a little bit like Cordero Patterson. He started with a job last year, had three catches on four targets for 15 yards and a touchdown before a season-ending injury in the opener. He scored the first touchdown for the Patriots in the 2022 season. Now, this is a guy who also, he had, you know, he had 82, yeah, 82 catches his first three years in his career with the Packers. When he's been healthy, you can get it done. But he hadn't been healthy this summer. Pierre Strong has had an opportunity to play this this summer because they've been kind of parceling out Ramondre Stevenson's practice time, particularly in pads. He's looked okay, but he has not done anything to make you say, that's the guy for the third down job. Now, there are a few other possibilities floating around out there. Again, as we record this on August 7th, the Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette possibilities still remain. And I think the best one of that group is probably Fournette because he can give you the same option, I think, that you get from Stevenson in that he can run between the tackles and be something of an impact player in the passing game. At least that's what he's shown over the course of his career. I also think financially he would be the best fit for this team. And just scheme-wise, overall philosophy, I think those two other guys are going to be a little bit more expensive. You can bring Fournette in here a little bit cheaper. So... At this point, the preview listed Strong versus Ty Montgomery, and there is no clear winner there. No one has seized that job two weeks into camp as we sit here on the start of, on the cusp of preseason action. Now, the final one that we're looking at, Kendrick Bourne versus Tyquan Thornton. This is really, probably at this point, it's more Bourne than Thornton. Born today, it's my understanding that that he had a really good workout. He had a really good practice session in the rain. And Tyquan Thornton has kind of regressed a little bit for two different reasons. First of all, Keyshawn Boutte, the rookie, I think has performed well when Thornton has been limited. And then the big story at camp has been Demario Douglas, the rookie out of Liberty, who has caught everything that's been thrown in his direction. Look, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. You've probably heard this from some of my colleagues. Buy all the Demario Douglas stock that you can because I really think he has a chance to be an impact player when you're talking about the 2023 New England Patriots offense. He has terrific straight line speed, and that's great. Look, there's 100 wide receivers in the league with great straight line speed. I think he was 4-4 at the combine. But the short area quickness is what really stands out. And the dependability, the fact that he's been there every practice this summer. He's thrown, He's caught everything that's been thrown in his direction. He's been teachable. He hasn't looked overwhelmed. A lot of you guys will remember one of the baseline things when you talk about a rookie at this time of year. Just don't look overwhelmed. He has really fit that to a T. So I would put Douglas in that conversation too, Bourne and Tyquan Thornton. Uh, I, I think right now, if you're looking at those two, it's probably Bourne because, again, he's been trending in the right direction lately. But you got to put Demario Douglas in that conversation as well. I think it was interesting having a chance to talk to Juju Smith-Schuster and Kendrick Bourne and asking them, I asked them a very specific question, is there a number one wide receiver on this team right now? With the understanding that, look, it, it could be Hunter Henry, could be the the number one pass-catching option. You know, it could be, who knows, Mike Kosicki, could be Ramondre Stevenson. All those are possibilities, but, you know, you want to look for a traditional, if you want to look for a traditional number one wide receiver on this team, who knows right now? 
and they both said they were both very conciliatory and they said look you know i think we're all number ones i think we can all end up making plays and i i think that's good that's a good sign to kind of preach that level of versatility but the last one here kendrick Bourne versus taekwon thornton i'm going to give the edge to Bourne at least right now but look out for demario douglas because he's part of that conversation for that third receiver on that team if you're talking about wide receiver the wide receiver depth chart right now it's juju smith schuster because i think he's worked very well with mac jones so far then you put Devonte parker at number two and we could see a situation where demario douglas is the number three i also still believe there's a chance if he can handle blitz pickup that they put him in the backfield on occasion we'll see so that's where we are with those five positional battles let me recap here right off the top Right off the top, Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi. Mac Jones has the lead. Calvin Anderson versus Riley Reef and Connor McDermott. You're probably looking at some sort of combination of Reef and McDermott on the right side with the possibility of one of them flipping to left if Trent Brown cannot stay healthy. Chad Ryland versus Nick Folk. I give the edge there to the rookie, Chad Ryland. Ty Montgomery versus Pierre Strong is still undecided. And Kendrick Bourne versus Tyquan Thornton. Give the slight edge there to Kendrick Bourne. All right, laying out the rest of the week for you. We are going to have a conversation with Cole Thompson before the Patriots-Texans preseason game on Thursday night. We're, we're hoping to get him tomorrow night, Tuesday the 8th, to talk about what to expect from this game from a Houston perspective. And I want to know how much it's going to irk Houston Texans fans if a New England offense puts 28 points on the board, even in the preseason, a Bill O'Brien coach, New England offense, that is, puts 28 points on the board, even in the preseason, against the Houston Texans. So we'll have that. We'll have more coverage for you guys. The Boston Globe and bostonglobe.com. Keep it here all season long, right here on the Patriots Report, for all the information you need out of Foxborough to get you up to speed on what New England is doing and what they're going to look like this season. Hope everyone is well, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.